Welcome to Zach and Perry Make a Podcast, Episode 4. I am Perry. And I'm Zach. Hello. And it has been a long fucking time since we've done this. Hmm. I think it's literally been probably close to a year. Since, Just about. Yeah, Just about, yeah. <laughs> and then it took me six months <laughs> to <laughs> edit the last one we did. And, uh, cause I just kept putting it off and, uh, yeah, we're, I, when we're, I, we're busy guys, we got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, and you went away to school and, uh, like I was working a lot. So mm-hmm. we were, we were just busy doing stuff yeah. and this is just for fun. So, and then both the world and the economy collapsed. <laughs> Everything which, uh, is, yeah. put off our production team for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> AKA me. But yeah, so we're going to try to do this like whenever we can and just keep having fun with it gives us good reason to watch things and then talk about it and i think i always need a good excuse to like watch too many movies and too many tv shows so oh yeah let me enable you (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect it's perfect Mm -hmm. because i can can, i can be like no me and zach are going to talk about it next week Mm -hmm. i gotta i gotta watch it and they're like well i'm not going to tell you that you can't (laughs) it's perfect it's the perfect excuse but yeah so we're just gonna like start talking about some stuff that we've been watching um i know a lot of stuff went on streaming because of the pandemic and every like felt like streaming services just were like grabbing everything that they could and just throwing it on there mm-hmm. because if they were like this is the perfect time for like people to just jump onto their streaming service and like some like so many people got kicked off their jobs that they were like this is the perfect time for us to like capitalize oh, yeah. on people losing their jobs Netflix was making a lot yeah. of money <laughs> and what's funny too is you think that there's nobody in the world at this point that like doesn't have access to a Netflix account but their numbers are still consistently growing yeah it's insane mm-hmm. it's literally insane Netflix has been around for got, like 10 years at this point like could like really popular yeah. and uh, it just feels like everybody like has an account but then you look at and you look at the numbers and they're they're just still growing yeah, it's almost like there's more and more people every day. <laughs> well, there aren't babies that are getting Netflix accounts. Just you wait, Perry. Oh, okay. Just yeah, you wait. all right. Yeah, that's 2020, fair. man. 20... Things are going to be different. <laughs> babies start getting... They just get the accounts right away so they can start building the perfect recommended list as yeah, they the go. Their login info is on, is on their birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> they just get it, and as they develop, they can. their recommended is just perfect. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what they want to see. Almost like exactly what Netflix wants them to see. Uh, oh, well, now you're just opening up a whole new door. Yeah, I've been watching too many documentaries, aren't I? Dude, I can't even... All right, well, we yeah, we can talk about that because um, I've noticed that like my girlfriend and her family, especially when the pandemic started, they just started like watching like conspiracy theory videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I went through that phase like, like when I was in high school or when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I can't go down that door anymore. Like I can't open that door anymore because like it scares me too much because <laughs> now I like not that like I'm this worldly person that knows like so much more than I did mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, but I know so much more than I did <laughs> when I was a teenager and you like realize certain things like you don't realize how fucked up like the college debt system is mm-hmm. until you start becoming a part of it because when you're a kid you're like or when you're a teenager like about to do all this stuff you're like like, where do I sign? Yeah, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, we're going to go, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to, like, learn some stuff and get a college degree. Yeah. And you're, like, super excited about it. And then uh, <laughs> then you start noticing the loans pile up. And then before you know it, you're, like, 
sixty to a hundred thousand dollars in debt, depending mm-hmm. on where you go and stuff. And you're like, wow, this is really messed up. Uh, yeah, I I need a job after right. college. It's not an option anymore. Right. <sighs> but so now shit like that, when I'm like looking at like the realities of like how easy it is for these companies to just take advantage of people. When you start talking about conspiracy theories and you're like watching these videos, it's like it starts to make a lot it, more sense. It literally like just makes it less of like a oh, what if that existed? To like oh, that probably exists. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're they're probably doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. and you're like oh fuck, did did the government actually kill John F. Kennedy? Then you're like they probably did. <laughs> and you're like you can ration like it's so easily like it's so easy to rationalize those things again like. Because as a, like when you're 17 or 18 years old, it's like totally different because you're still in like confined to the bubble of like your world. Mm-hmm. And some people aren't. Obviously, some people get like more life experience. But yeah, sure. Um, like if you ever grew up in a like small town or just in a bubble in general, like of how would you really know? Right. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I watched the the Jeffrey Epstein documentaries and seeing all the shit that that dude got away with and uh how he got taken out at the end it's like there's some shady shit going on there yeah there's a lot of shady shit going on that's why I won't and he was that doing that yet. shit for a long time so that kind of opened the door up for me a little bit right and then as we'll see i watched another movie um about this journalist that uh said some very unflattering things about the cia and the cia did not like that shit at all <laughs> and uh did not end well for him jesus yeah Oh. But we'll we'll get into it later. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So that's just that's that's why I can't I can't go down that rabbit hole too hard because I'm like, I'll never come out of it. Like what? Mm. Like it just it, once you open that door, it's, it's kind of hard to close it. Exactly, and because then you're like, all right, well now what do I do? Because I know this is a possibility of existing, and I know these people are doing terrible things. But like, what can I do about it? Not a whole lot. Right. And Not that's a whole lot. So you're just sitting there like, now I have this information that makes me like terrified. And you're just like, well, fuck. And then like, then your alarm goes off and you're like, oh, now I just got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like such a weird thing to like know that people are like controlling this world in like different scary ways. Dude, they're just like, and then you just go to work and like, they're like the, the be a modern part of day it. royalty. Yeah. Like, Jeff Bezos and Epstein and all those like super rich dudes like yeah. they're like just modern day kings. It's yeah. weird to think that we still have like kings in this day. Right, it's just in a different form. Right, which like makes us the peasants. And I got to <laughs> say like life as a peasant in 2020 is not that bad. No, I'm, I'm having a grand old time out here. Yeah, it's not it's it's and that's the thing too is it's it's not so simple as just saying like oh they're like not Put, there's not enough food for the kingdom and all that shit and like people can't get enough money it's like now they just steal like in different ways it's like it's like the small stealing mm-hmm. and it that's how it like kind of escalates because now we're at the point where we're starting to notice these little things that like the government and these like rich powerful people are kind of like the puppeteers and stuff mm-hmm. and you're like sitting there and you're like oh my god yep need a couple of things that they just didn't cover up very well and you just yeah. get that like brief look behind the scenes. And you're like, fuck. Oh, so that's so that's what you guys are up to. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I see you. Well, yeah. But. So, but in all of this craziness, we still have television, and we yes, still we have do. movies, and we still have video games. And for some of us, we read books. 
some of us don't. But so we're going to talk about those meaningless things. All right, cool. <laughs> the, the the breaks we get from reality. Just everything we spend our time on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this shit. Um, yeah. What have you been watching? So Harry? yeah. So I I was trying not to watch too much. Like so I when when the pandemic started and everything crashed like crashed and burned and um, Australia was on fire and everything was closing. Oh, yeah. Did they put that out yet? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, Glad that wrapped up pretty nice. Oh. <laughs> it, there, I guess there's a bow on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Australia stopped burning. Um, but then, like, everybody in the world got sick, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, when all that started happening, I was I started working from home. Um, and uh, in between, like, I... I for those of you who do not know, I'm a teaching assistant. And be in between meeting with students, I was like watching like TV shows or just watching YouTube videos. I I started watching more YouTube videos because um, they were like shorter, and I could just like watch a 12 minute like video on whatever and mm-hmm. call it a day. Yeah. Um, but then I started watching more TV shows, and one of the shows I got into that was newly put on Netflix right around the time of the start of pandemic was Community, and it was a show I knew about. Um, like they had the the one like gif that everybody used um, like the huh gay and that's from that <laughs> show yeah that's from that show mm-hmm. and uh, I guess I never realized it and that's where like Donald Glover got his uh, start uh, before he really became like Childish Gambino and all that stuff mm-hmm. um, so that was like an interesting thing and then I realized it I saw it was by Dan Harmon and actually and the Russo brothers and the Russo brothers went on to do like Captain America: Civil War, the Avengers movies like Endgame and Infinity you are, like, War. Triple A titles. Like, yeah, like shit. they went on to like define like <laughs> like five or six years of like those superhero movies, mm-hmm. and that was like pretty cool to see. And then you have Dan Harmon, um, who started doing like Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and it was cool to see. I don't know how far you are with it. I'm in the middle of season three right now. Okay, so I won't like. I won't try to like do anything I won't say anything but um, too crazy but you get to see uh, like a lot of the stuff that comes up in Rick and Morty in like a really big way like a lot of existentialism and a lot of dealing with like like why the fuck are we here like Mm kind of stuff like sprinkled into community as the show progresses more and more because yeah. at the end of the show of community he's like moving into rick and morty and so that like development yeah like as is, a writer yeah into right and uh but one thing that i loved about community is that there wasn't really any episodes that like were like throwaway episodes for me yeah even the ones that like were throwaway episodes like they referenced that in the middle of it like Abed would keep talking about how it was a bottle episode. It's like, okay, well, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's kind of cliche, but like they know it's cliche, which yeah. somehow makes it okay. Right. It's and they always like in the show it constantly like they always say, "Is he being meta? Is this a meta thing?" And it's like it just it that part like made me so happy because they did it in a way that was not like in your face, mm-hmm. but they just brought it up and it was casual and it was natural and. um everything was kind of seen through like Abed's like vision of like yeah of what was going on like during that time I guess and so it was interesting to like 
see those like kind of like meta things happen in that show because that was on like that was on like nightly tv for six or seven years whatever Mm -hmm. it was and so it's it's funny to see like that being sprinkled into television Mm -hmm. before it was on like an adult swim like yeah like the meta like breaking up right yeah but one of the things i you've probably seen i think two of them at this point uh, the paintball episodes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> those are my favorite ones uh, those crack me up um, basically like it's not giving away too much but there's uh, episodes in the show where uh, all the characters and everybody in the school actually we'll go back and say community is like there's a group of people that are part of a study group uh, they become friends and all that stuff in the first couple episodes and then it's all their misadventures or wacky stuff and uh, but there it takes place in a community college a um, shitty a community shit. college <laughs> a dumpster fire yeah, of a community yeah, yeah. college <laughs> and it's just like a wacky place and it's very like not realistic but they like embrace that and they like mention it all the time so yeah they're all like really exaggerated characters yes but it makes it so funny when like the dean will come in in a different like crazy costume every single time <laughs> And then you know that, like, as soon as that scene cuts, he's, like, back to being a normal person. Right, right, right. Like, that gets me every time. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's, like, nonchalant. Like, they don't, they they mention it, but they don't really, like, it's not in your face. Like, none of it is, like, they make a joke, and it's, like, wait for the laughter. You know what I mean? No, it's it's rap. It just goes. Yeah. There's no laugh track. None of that shit. And I, that's, I appreciate that so much about it, because it, it keeps the show smart and not relying on, like... Uh, like anticipated humor mm-hmm. it's just the, the humor it's is like the opposite of the big bang theory correct like classic yeah. sitcoms exactly yeah stuff like that where those shows are fine for what they are but I, I like community for the fact that it doesn't do those things um the same way that people like the office because it's not made to be like it's jokes like... it's supposed to be like joking during like a real life situation yeah it's like inherently funny right it's not necessarily a punchline although jeff does have a lot of punchlines yes the writing for jeff is so fucking smooth yes i i hope that nobody is actually that smooth in real life because that's gonna make (laughs) me feel really bad about myself yeah but just the fact that they can do it is still really impressive yeah like all the characters are super like out there but they mesh really well together yeah. It's like the cl- it's exactly what you would expect to find at a community college. Correct. Yeah. Like and all the characters have their reasons of being there and all of them are like like failures in their own way and that's why mm-hmm. they're in the situation that they're in. Um which makes it interesting except for Abed. Abed's like the only one that didn't like fail to get there. He's there because he like is choosing to be there. Yeah, and he's also just like content with everything in the universe all the time. Yeah, and he yeah, and he acts as like that content character that like exists in the universe and accepts that that's the reality that he lives in. And you know, some of the characters are so deeply flawed yeah. that they're like that like they themselves don't even know what they're doing. Right. And then Abed is there as like a subtle narrator of yeah. why the characters <laughs> are doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really cool like writing mechanism yeah. that he can uh and I just get that behind-the-scenes look of what's actually going on. Yeah, and what's funny is they, like, all the other characters think he's the weird one, and they, like, comment that he has, like, Asperger's and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ends up happening is he, like, 
even in the first like three or four episodes you start noticing that he's the most sane one like in the group and it that like keeps like things together and you see it more as the show goes on but it's yeah it's a really cool show and uh i think because of those like meta things and like the dark sense of humor to a lot of it um it didn't click with like a main mainstream like audience and that's why Mm -hmm. like it still was popular like i still knew about it but like i didn't know about it like the office or parks and recreation and like those kind of shows because those are definitely more tailored towards like the masses rather Mm -hmm. than like like how Rick and Morty is tailored towards a certain type of audience looking for a certain type of thing. I think community was um, not as severe as Rick and Morty is, like directly trying to reach a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. And it's or not, it's, a, not as brutal either. That's true too. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot easier to stomach community that, than it is yeah, Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick and Morty like tries to like fuck you up with ideas yeah. and like tries to like bring up these hard things, but community kind of like does that subtly. And if you pick on pick up on it, then you pick up on it. And if you don't, you can brush it over. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't want it to like affect how you're watching the show, it doesn't try to like throw it in your face. Yeah. So I I think if you're looking for something more like interesting than just your regular sitcom, like that's a good way to go. And if you're interested in like exploring like that meta idea of like like people realizing they're in a show but like not saying they're in a show and like kind of idea yeah it's a it's a show that really does not take itself seriously at all no. it's a crazy premise like all the characters are super out there and like once you get over that little hump of just accepting that like oh this is like what the show is <laughs> that it's fantastic yeah so i think i think that's a big one for me um i literally <laughs> breeze through all like six seasons in probably a little less than three weeks like i just kind of like went through it because i was just watching it while like like when I got home from work or like whatever. Um, so I just flew through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend it for anybody that's like, like, cause I was basically going through three shows, like the office parks and rec and like friends sometimes. And then, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one I was watching? I can't remember, but yeah. So I was just, it, it's definitely really different than anything else. And I think that's, why I just kind of binge through it and like I said there's no like throwaway episodes that you know are just there to like fill space yeah yeah because like each one is uh is a good episode in its own right yeah you know it's like it's uh chronological but not really right they make a lot of callbacks to like previous episodes like weirdly some things will stick throughout the entire show yeah but uh they're not you know it's not just progressing like a story arc necessarily right it's a lot of character development but not like a, a plot so to so to speak yeah they're only real plot for a lot of it that carries out like that determines like the show's progression is Mm -hmm. their years at college yep so that's like the main thing that they're like going towards and how they get there and all that stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of really funny moments that like have me like dying laughing um and then there's a lot of moments where i'm like oh shit i was like that's that's kind of dark i'm surprised that was on like tv like that Mm -hmm. um but yeah, so definitely check that out, especially if you're a fan of like Rick and Morty. Um, Dan Harmon is like the main writer um, of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and Justin Roiland is like part two to that because Justin Roiland does more of the voices. Mm-hmm. There's actually a <laughs> there's actually a character that comes in that in like some sort of like trip or something at the later seasons where you can tell it's Justin Roiland's voice oh, yeah. doing like a, a Morty esque like voice <laughs> and. Uh, it, it 
it cracks me up because I'm like, oh, that sounds just like Justin Roiland. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, that's very Morty-esque. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's Community. Um, I think the next one I have, I've just been watching, um, uh, it's called Doom Patrol. It's on HBO Max or HBO. Um, I think mm-hmm. my, no, it's not on HBO. Regular, it's on HBO Max. So we'll talk about HBO Max in uh, a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a DC like comics show um and it's super weird super creative um it's like a b team so the doom patrols in the comics um but they're not super popular mm, okay and they're really like a wacky so like group the, like the second rate heroes yeah just like what happens when <laughs> like the avengers are out saving the world and these guys are just like stuck on fun yeah it'd be like so the justice league exists in this universe so it's the justice mm-hmm. league dc and then it would be like doom patrol because then you have like your teen titans who exist mm-hmm. in this world too um so it's really like an interesting like super weird super weird characters super weird like like odd things going on that you wouldn't find in a mainstream like justice league movie or mm-hmm. mainstream like teen titans thing um there's a lot of actually fourth wall breaking in this one because the main villain um is a guy that he just exists in the universe and he is like in and out of like like he he exists in the universe and he can like oversee everything so it's like a really uh interesting comment because he'll like narrate like the story like omnipotent like you just like yeah yeah like he talks to the audience about what's going on like he narrates some of the story um but then he also exists within the story so it's an interesting like yeah it's got a really weird thing going on i'm only uh three or four episodes in um but it's really cool and it's really interesting and it's a definitely a better version of like these superhero things that DC has been putting out because most of them have been uh, pretty awful. Yeah, so, uh, not, not good. No. But So hopefully with that and then I know the Zack Snyder, uh, the Batman v Superman or oh, is it the Justice League? The Snyder Cut is coming out for Justice League. That's what it is. Sweet. Um, so we'll see about that. Word. All right, I guess uh, I haven't seen Doom Patrol at all, so I, yeah. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that. But I have seen Midnight Gospel. Yeah. And I don't have much to say about this show other than it is a fucking trip. Mm-hmm. It's basically this guy, Duncan Trussell, who's a comedian, and he has a podcast where he interviews random people. There's a lot of, like, spiritual shit in there. And, like, yeah. talking about, like, uh, like, feelings, like mental illness, a lot of... Man, I don't even know exactly how to describe it. But <laughs> it's them having like conversations with different experts, and on top of that, voice recording is just this super trippy um, animation, <laughs> and it like goes through. He like beams himself into a different world and uh, just makes friends with some random character on mm-hmm. this like simulation, and then it ends up being the guy that he's talking to. Right. And uh, I would recommend it. Not every episode is created equally but some of them were very good like very like moving and yeah. poignant and uh i would definitely say to check it out yeah i watched the first episode actually last night because mm. i i saw that you put it down so i was like oh i'll watch an episode just to get a sense of what's going on didn't make it any clearer for me mm-hmm. um but it kind of gave me a good feel of like what it kind of was and they there was a lot of interesting conversation because they were talking about 
um, like hallucinogens and psychedelics and drugs just in general. Mm-hmm. And the guy made an interesting that he was interviewing made an interesting comment about how like there's no bad or good drugs and like it's all about humans like relationship towards it. Mm-hmm. So like, like good or bad experiences. Yeah, yeah. So nothing like the actual chemical or the actual drug isn't bad inherently. Like there's no like it doesn't have the capability of being bad or good like yeah it's in just any like sense. this inert thing right it's just a thing and our relationship towards it is what makes it good or bad mm-hmm. just like if we take medicine um for some people like a certain like antidepressant works great mm-hmm. and it doesn't have side effects but for somebody else it becomes like awful for them they become like relying on it or the side effects are terrible like so there's all these things that like that idea is so simple but it's also like inherently a big idea. Like it's a yeah, you can you can apply it to a lot of things. Yeah, it's exactly. Like not necessarily yeah. just to drugs, yeah. right? Even I mean, you even go with like uh, guns too. Yeah, you know, it's like our relationship, not necessarily a relationship, but like what we do with them. That exactly. Matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, a really good point. It's a that's a that's a good way to reframe a lot of the things that we get really hung up on in yeah. our day to day lives. There's another episode that I watched recently where Duncan Trussell actually interviews his own mother, who is a <laughs> psychologist, and she had been diagnosed with stage four bone cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. And she like knew that she her clock was ticking, so they had like a, a really like frank and just abrupt conversation about how that was going down. Like he got to get like the like a final conversation with his mom. Like Jesus, she went through yeah. like his childhood and like watching him grow up and then him kind of taking over and them learning both of them coming to terms with what was going to happen. Like for her, that her life was coming to an end and for him, like how to move forward without her. Yeah. And it's uh you don't really get to see that. Very no, that's often. that's really intense, but if it's done in the right way, I feel like that could be super powerful for like people to like sit there and just like cathartically like think about the similar mm-hmm. things. Because eventually like everybody dies yeah and we don't know what order Can't like you know it. yeah and it's like we don't know who like like i could die tomorrow and my parents would still be alive how do they get through that mm. or tomorrow my parents could die and i have to live through that or me and right. my sisters have to live through that so it's it's it there's this weird dynamic and like pretty much everybody knows like like it's got to go down at some point and we don't know like what order or who's gonna die first and especially in like you see like marriages like like it's the who's gonna die first kind of thing like and it's not that morbid or it's not it's not necessarily something that everybody thinks about but it's like that's just the reality of it and it's interesting that that's that's an interesting thing to like be able to like to like talk to somebody like very openly and like uh honest about Mm -hmm. like what that might happen yeah yeah they get to just have a game plan for this thing that you usually don't get to pick when it happens right usually happens to people like out of nowhere and then all of a sudden you got to learn how to deal with like grief Right. that's <laughs> yeah. know, a shitty thing to do yeah but you know she's a psychologist and Duncan Trussell is a very I would describe him as a very spiritual person mm-hmm. he's very into like we talked a lot about Buddhism and mm-hmm. like that kind of like enlightenment kind of stuff in the first episode so I can mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think they have a lot of a lot of cool things to say yeah. so definitely give it a watch yeah check if it out. yeah if you're into like listening to that stuff and feeling good about this (laughs) (laughs) um the the last one that i have that i wanted to mention was it's this is also on hbo it's a great show um it's called barry it is one of the funniest things 
I've ever watched. With uh, Bill Hader. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he he kind of created the show um, with Alec Berg, and it's the episodes are thirty minutes. It there's only two seasons right now, but there's a third one on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he plays he plays like a mercenary hitman kind of guy, um, and his name is Barry Berkman, and he has uh, he kind of has a situation where he he doesn't really want to do this anymore he meets somebody and they're talking about uh, like their their theater group and he decides like he's like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to like I'm done like killing people I'm done like being somebody's bitch in that sense he has somebody that like oversees his like job and stuff like that Mm so Weird for a hitman to have a manager. Right. (laughs) But yeah, so it's basically the guy that gives him, like, the jobs. And then he gets a cut and he gets a cut kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So he feels like he's done with that, even though he has a close relationship with the guy that, like, gives him the jobs, um, who's played by Steven Root. And um, they're both fantastic. It's so funny. And there's an episode in the second season that's probably, like, the funniest, uh, like, episode of, like, television I've ever seen in my entire life. It's just wow. funny. It's just funny throughout. Wow. It's like action packed, and it just it just cracks me up the entire time. It's just so ridiculous. Um, but like Henry Winkler is in it. Uh, Anthony Kerrigan, who you recognize when you see him, um, he actually has an auto autoimmune disorder that he okay. lost all of his hair, so he's just bald, and he plays uh, like this Eastern European guy who has like a n- non like it, it there's no specific place that the accent is from just just eastern, eastern yeah it's Europe. just an eastern european like he plays like kind of russian but not really russian it's like it's somewhere in between uh like hungarian and like <laughs> like a russian and like so sure. it's just a yeah. very like that eastern european kind of character um but it's so funny the relationships are funny the writing is brilliant bill Hader is probably one of the smartest comedians especially in television like he is so funny and uh yeah he did a ton of work on snl yeah and which is from what i understand like the best place you can be like if you're in a sketch comedy like that's like the 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 big leagues yeah and he did a lot of writing before he was like he wrote for snl before he was on snl Mm -hmm. so he went from being a writer to like being on the show yeah that dude is just in that world yeah and he is he really is like brilliant like writing these episodes and um i think he does a lot of directing for them too um he's gonna be like one of the guys we look back on and be like he was one of the best because he's it the show is written incredibly well like this is another one of those shows that like you'll just sit through it and you'll just laugh really hard um but yeah so i i would suggest watching that it's on hbo um but yeah so yeah It's, it's really funny um so then we can move into some uh, news. So actually, yeah. I think we got uh, right off the start here on news. Got I've got PlayStation 5 yeah. and Xbox Series S. <laughs> Yo, why do they come out at the same time? Every like it's just, six years it's just or Yeah, it's just competition. <laughs> they're in cahoots with each other. They're just, yeah, they'll just, they're probably sitting behind the scenes making the same, um, making the same machine just coding it with a different thing and mm-hmm. calling it two different names and then laughing about no, i want green right right okay. right yeah 
Um, but so I, I'm looking up some specs right now. And I, I think the Xbox is a little bit better. Yes. It's like everything is the same except the Xbox has like just just a smidgen yeah. better. But this is so this is where I was doing some research. And oh, yeah. yeah, so this is where it gets a little hairy because now you're looking at the Xbox specs, like the hardware in it is just as like like you're saying, it's just a touch better. Mm-hmm. There's just a touch better. Mm-hmm. Like the CPU is just a touch better. The graphics touch just, better. Just a bit. And uh but now <laughs> Xbox announced that all the games that they're going to be making for the next probably couple, like probably six to eight months after the uh, actual console comes out, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be Xbox One compatible. So the notion of that is that are they utilizing the new processing of the Xbox Series X to its full capabilities for something to be both xbox one Mm -hmm. and xbox series x so i wonder if they can just turn the settings up in a similar way that when you have a gaming pc you can only run it at certain settings based on how good your hardware is yes is that is that how it works yeah so that was one of the big reports because ps yeah so i say that because i was hoping that you would you would pick up on that because you're a big pc guy Mm -hmm. so uh playstation the one of the um, head guys at PlayStation called out Xbox for doing that, saying that they're limiting their, they're limiting their scope mm-hmm. by doing like the backwards compatibility or the accessibility to do both. So he was saying that uh, they like PlayStation has no intention of making any of the games that they make for PS5 to be compatible with the PS4. Yeah, they're going. They're going like real hard, like exclusive. Yes, they're saying they're like ride or die, bitches. Right. <laughs> they're saying as soon as like that comes out, um, there's no reason for them to go backwards because that they're saying if they're putting all this time and money to investing into this new thing, mm-hmm. why would they make it go backwards? So that's their thing. But then Xbox, the uh, head of Xbox, came out and said the exact thing that you were saying. Right. He said PC gaming does this all the time. It's mm-hmm. just you just adjust to the settings that you're capable of. Yeah, and if they can if they can set up that framework for all the games that they make, like mm-hmm. they're just going to have more and more people buying it. For sure. Yeah. And Xbox is also run by Microsoft, which right. has plenty of money to throw around yes. and gamble on on a new uh, console launch. Yeah, and Microsoft also has a lot of experience with like PCs in general and being And they're in all about integration anyway. Like yeah. Microsoft, uh, like I can go on my PC right now with Windows 10 and open up my Xbox app and like scroll through my my games. Yep. I, and I've never done it, <laughs> but like I can if I want to. Yeah, yeah. And no, I and that's fucking yeah. paid for it, so right. that's on me for not using it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's yeah, that's exactly what they were saying. They just want um, people to be able to ease into it, not necessarily like have to just spend six hundred dollars just to play like a new game. Mm-hmm. So, but you also see a lot of uh, um, games like I know Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is working on, because um, that's we'll get into that. Too. Actually, we can talk about that going into the next thing. Sure. You got uh, games like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven who are keep pushing back game like their their date um, to the point where I think it's coming out. It's November nineteenth. I think it got pushed oh, back three times because it was supposed to be out. I think this month 
and they pushed it back. I think it was originally like April twenty sixth or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like April, then they right. moved it back. So like then they moved it. Yeah, they moved it to like May, and then it was August, and now it's or no, it went from to September, and then they went to November. Um, which and you know, with a company like that, that has such a long uh, success record with like the Witcher series, and I don't know what else they made, but like the Witcher is good enough. Like yeah, that's that shit got game of the year, and it's <laughs> yeah. just a, a, an excellent game. And yeah. the way that they talk about taking their time with it and finishing it up before they they mm-hmm. release it, like they have earned my trust. I trust them. Yeah. If Bethesda was releasing that game, I would be real fucking nervous but this other gaming uh this other um gaming what the fuck you call it a studio yeah yeah the other studio um they're gonna do a good job with it so the more time they have the happier i am yeah you know it's not going anywhere anytime soon so uh you know just do a good job with it yeah no and i agree i think it's i'd rather wait than wait for a brilliant game that i'm gonna play for years Mm -hmm. and or rather than having them try to rush it out and then throw 60 gigabyte updates mm-hmm. because they were like, yeah, we didn't finish it when we wanted to, but we just wanted to sell you them. Like, so I yeah, like no man's sky, Star Wars battlefront, yeah. <laughs> every other EA game that's been released in the past few years. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that's, that's another part of it. And, uh, so I'm like on the website, it says, uh, pre-order now. And it says for Xbox one, PS4, PC. Um, but then under it, it says plays, great also on xbox series x and ps5 but they yeah, also good oh so they already they also hinted that they're going to come out with like they're you're going to get it a free next gen update to it if you get it on the next gen okay so you can just up upgrade it for free yeah so microsoft like has the... something about with that too don't they like you can just uh upgrade the Anything that you buy on Xbox One, you can just move it up to the Xbox Series X when it comes out. Uh, yeah, I think they're yeah, I think they're working on as much backwards compatibility as possible because that was what they were talking about is being able to just one of the things that people love to do with like the 360 was be able to play original Xbox games on your 360, mm-hmm. and uh, so once they lost a lot of that with uh, 360 to the Xbox One. And it cut out so many games. People were obviously pissed. And PlayStation was notorious for having uh, PlayStation 1 games played on PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 2 games on PS3. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think they mentioned that too, that Xbox 360 games are going to work on the Xbox Series X. Yeah. Like, they're going way back. Yeah, original Xbox games too. God Like, damn. they're just, they're, they're like, we're going to make it, like, the one system you need. Because right now, I have, <laughs> I have an Xbox One, I have an Xbox 360, and I have an original Xbox. Wow, look at all that privilege. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's called having a job. <laughs> yeah, you earned it. Um, but yeah, like so, and the, like a lot of those games that I had for the original Xbox, I just had them when I got the original Xbox when I was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Xbox was like the first thing that I got. Um, so uh, I think it's really cool that I don't have to necessarily have all those set up to be able to play those games now. Yeah, it's just like the all-in-one gaming yeah. machine. Yeah, because yeah. it's it, it's not hard for them to be able to do that. They just didn't want people. I think they just didn't want people doing it with like certain games because you had like Grand Theft Auto V that originally came out for the 360, mm-hmm. and then two years or I think four came out in the three. Well, or GTA GTA V came out on uh, like the 
360, mm-hmm. and then a year later when the Xbox One was released, or maybe it was two years, either way, the next year um, when the Xbox One came out, uh, you had to rebuy it for mm-hmm. the Xbox mm-hmm. One because it was a totally different game, right? but you didn't even have the capability of playing the downgraded game on the upgraded machine. Yeah, just that just like wouldn't work. Right. Which is why... I'm really surprised that PlayStation is going with this uh, approach because right. from what I've read so far, like I don't think it's going to work very well. No. No. I guess we'll have to wait and see because the PlayStation 5 beat Xbox One sales when it, or PS4, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, the last time they released stuff, PlayStation sold more, but Xbox, I have a feeling it's going to win out this time. Yeah. We're still waiting for prices, of course, so right. I'm not sure how that'll that'll shake things out yeah and i there's been leaks about the playstation being like a cup like 150 dollars less than the xbox and stuff like that but those are like potential leaks and mm-hmm. i get we'll find out when we find out yeah. um but yeah and i can't imagine like the the whole goal of like creating these systems is to create competition and it seems like xbox like took that seriously and like did something like really cool in this mm-hmm. like even just with the backwards compatibility and playstation kind of like dropped the ball on it because mm-hmm. it seems like playstation was like given the option to do it and just decided not to yeah it's weird that companies that are that big can still make monumental mistakes like that yeah you know because i'm sure there's lifelong playstation people that are going to be like well if xbox could do it why didn't you mm-hmm uh, yeah, it's a good point. So, I guess we'll I guess we'll see when the numbers come out because they're both going to be available uh, the holiday season twenty twenty. So, um, probably late November, early December is when they'll when they'll come out. Yeah, when you're yeah. you're going to be able to get them. We'll get a lot more information as time. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, and then along with the pushbacks, not only was Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven pushed back a bunch, uh, but the other like really premier game that at least I've been looking at was the Marvel Avengers game that was originally uh, like slated for May mm-hmm. um, hate that there's two games that I really wanted to play that I that keep getting pushed back um, but now it's being pushed it got pushed to uh, September 4th um, to, in order to adjust adjust and polish the game quote mm-hmm. unquote um, but yeah so there's games being pushed back obviously movies are being pushed back um i think i i'm and like again like we just talked about it i'm fine with them polishing games and cleaning stuff up and i know everybody was we talked about it and i think in the last our last podcast we were talking about mm-hmm. like the characters uh, when they made the announcement last summer uh they did like the teaser trailer mm-hmm. and people were pissed about the character designs because they were very like generic they didn't seem to like pick like a style or like a character like a specific type of character mm-hmm. um, within like each character's like mythos and like go with it they kind of just combined a bunch of different ones and it kind of just made it feel blah and generic just, like, really bland yeah yeah so um and some of them kind of looked like the movie counterparts and some of them didn't so people were like well, what are you going for here yeah like what's going on there um so they went back and i think they changed the design especially black widow black widow looked really like just weird looking and so they changed her i think they changed certain things about the hulk and uh thor so 
I'm totally fine with that if they're like people saw the trailer and they were like meh and they were like okay we can probably make this better yeah I'm, I'm totally okay with that I, they did I, the same thing with like Sonic the Hedgehog too exactly they? yeah yeah which uh good good they got some yep. early feedback and took their time to fix their shit yeah and hopefully it'll be a better game when it comes out yeah for sure I'm and I'm totally okay with that yeah um what else we got here uh Tenet coming out oh which, yeah <laughs> so uh I don't know anything about this movie, but it's made by Christopher Nolan, apparently. Yes. So I already <laughs> want to see it. I don't care yeah. what it's about. I'm going to go watch it. Um, it's still very unclear of what it really is about, um, but like Christopher that. Nolan, yeah, he keeps trying to push. So it looks like it's kind of be going to be like kind of like time travel-y, um, like that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he keeps, because he, he wanted it to come out next week or this coming week. Mm-hmm. Um, but theaters obviously aren't open and right. I, he's really holding on to like theaters being open for him to open it like or to show it because he keeps like saying that this isn't meant to be watched at home this is meant to be watched in a theater and like honestly like I'm okay with that as well like I'm not I don't want to pay like $18 to like rent it and have no. it not be the same experience as going to like the movie theater and like experiencing in that way especially like Nolan movies because they're so like grand and yeah. like you get like the surround sound and all that stuff like moving with the score and like just everything like he does he really works hard to make like the theater experience authentic yeah he like really lives up to the full potential that you can get right with a theater yeah you know there are some movies that you see it in a theater and it's like not that different from being at home but yeah the nolan ones they're like they're just cinematically like beautiful right really good movies well it's the same thing with like those just grand like action movies like you can talk about the superhero movies you can talk about like the big blockbuster like star Mm. wars like whatever it is Mm. those movies are like they're meant to to see them in the theater like that's where they're made to be seen yep so i have no issue with movies being wait like waiting um until theaters open up because i i as a movie goer and movie lover i would rather have that experience oh i would love to like have my first movie back be like a good Christopher Nolan blockbuster. That would be, and he's gonna make that would bank on it too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna make bank on it too. Can you yeah. imagine that being the first and only movie that like really comes out when theaters open? Yeah, that's it. That's all we get. Right. Um, he he might like break every single record <laughs> at that point because everybody's gonna be like, I need to go see a movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he keeps like pushing it back every like three weeks. Because um, this is only a month later than he wanted it to be in July, so mm-hmm. he's just he's just, just gonna keep yeah. Um, I don't think there's any chance yeah. that he's gonna drop this on like a streaming service or being available to rent. I don't think that's even a possibility in his mind. Even if he has to wait until like next summer, I think he's just gonna keep like. But, I, but yeah, he's got the. I mean, if the movie's made and ready to come out, like yeah. you might as well wait until it's until it's ready. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. And so, so the yeah the next thing I've got on the the docket here is uh, there's a Fallout TV series coming on to Amazon Prime. Uh, it's going to be the creators of Westworld from HBO. Yeah, which you know, given how bad Fallout seventy six was, <laughs> that like kind of makes me nervous at first. But yeah. if the Westworld creators are doing it, I mean Westworld is fucking amazing. So yeah. if uh, if they're you know steering this thing. Yeah, because they did yeah, a really good job, especially, like, I, the last season, I was, like, it was good to me, but it wasn't as good as I think it should have been. Um, I think it, they did a lot of setting up for 
the next season. I think the whole season four. Yeah, I think season three was basically just a whole setup for like what's coming. But we thought that season two was the whole setup for like what was coming in season three. Yeah, you know you're not gonna like this, but I haven't seen season three yet. Oh, okay, yeah. so it like I said, it's not bad by any means, mm-hmm. but it definitely is. It definitely doesn't feel like season two was setting up for season three in the same okay. way that we originally were like thinking it was. I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that season one was a lot better than season yes, two because sure. season one just wrapped itself up all on its own. Yeah, really well. It almost could have ended there. Yeah, I mean season two was still worth the watch mm-hmm. but they have a they have a lot to live up to yeah moving forward yeah and i think how good they created like the actual west world mm-hmm. how awesome of a world building like thing that was um i think they'll do a great job building like the fallout world oh yeah imagine that level of detail but for fallout yeah oh that'd be crazy that's what yeah so that's why i'm like i'm thinking it's gonna be like a really cool experience for that because it's it's gonna seem very like natural and authentic and like real yeah um but yeah. all right so for the next thing we've got i, I wrote down hbo max because i just wanted to go over like because there's been a lot of confusion on what what's actually going on with hbo max mm-hmm. um so basically hbo max is not just hbo like go Okay. So there was a lot of confusion on what was going to be included with HBO Max. Um, so I'll just go over like the main things that are going to be on, or that are on it. So you've got everything on HBO, like anything HBO has created, all that. Now, does HBO Go have have? Is it all the HBO products? Yes. Okay. So everything that you get on HBO Go is still on here. Okay. But then you've got every DC like comics property. So that's animated movies. That's live action TV shows, it's live action movies, pretty much everything is on there. From DC? Yeah. Oh shit. Yep. That's a lot. Not that like we watch Sesame Street, but you've got everything from Sesame Street. I think that's you also don't on watch Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's also on HBO Go. Um but then you have Uh then you've also got uh the Turner Classic movies. So that's like a lot of your big time like older movies like Citizen Kane. Um mm. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of movies are all on there too. Like you've got classics. Yeah. And then you've got Studio Ghibli. Uh, like Princess Mononoke and like the oh, yeah. anime. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, like all those, like Spirited Away. Um, mm-hmm. You've yep. got all those. Uh, Cartoon Network Collection. So that's like, that's a lot of like old, like probably our generation Jesus. cartoons. Um, Adult Swim, because that's why Rick and Morty's on there. Yep. Uh, you got Crunchyroll, which is a bunch of. Like anime shows and all that stuff. Yo, this is a disgusting amount of content. Yeah, and then you've also got like uh, Looney Tunes stuff. So you've got so much stuff to watch. Um, Dude, because Crunchyroll on its own, there's so much. Like, animes are, it could take you a fucking lifetime to watch some of those things. Yeah. But then you've also got, um, like, things like, like, you've got all the Big Bang Theory, you've got Friends, you've got. Pretty Little Liars, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Sex in the City. Like, you've got so much, like, other stuff with it, too. It's just, um, like, South Park's on there. Uh, like, you've still got so much stuff to watch. Like, all the Harry Potter movies are on there. Really? Like, exclusively on there. Yeah. Whoa. Is HBO just, like, taking over the planet right now? It Yeah, they, they really, like, cashed in on this. 
um, like midway. I bet you, I bet yeah. you they noticed like how deep Amazon was getting its fingers in everything. Yeah, and they had to they had to make a move. Yeah, no, there's and it's it's a lot of content. Um, it's a lot of cool stuff. Hmm. Um, so I would say if you're looking for a new <laughs> streaming service to go binge stuff, it's it, it's HBO Max. Um, I've got a lot of stuff on there that I watch because I like the DC stuff, even the animated movies, because those are like they make them like PG thirteen or rated R sometimes too. So they're like they're animated, but they're still based off like great comic they're runs, still, like, legitimate movies. Yeah, and they're based off like really cool comic, uh, like comic runs. Mm-hmm. So they've got really cool like storylines, and like you've got like the Flashpoint paradox, you've got like the death of Superman, like all that stuff, and uh, like. The right way mm-hmm. not what the live action dc movies have fucked up but you've got the actual like clear to comic like mm-hmm. storytelling and uh it's done really cool and you've got like great voice actors like there's a lot of people that you like you listen and you're like that voice sounds familiar and then you're like holy shit these guys are like, like actual movie stars like yeah. just doing voices of like batman and superman green lantern and like wonder woman like you have all these people that are doing these characters and you're like they're actual movie stars like doing these like animated movies for like yeah that's like, that's like part of the fun part of the fun of watching like, a bunch of different cartoons you can like yeah. start to recognize that the voice actors across like there's not there's yeah. not as many of them as you would think right a lot of them do like multiple, multiple different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah so i just wanted to like put that out there for anybody who like didn't know what was going on i didn't even know what was going on so. yeah um thank you yeah yeah and then you can log into my account <laughs> I'm watching Sesame Street again. It's been like 15 years. <laughs> um, and then the last thing in news that I wanted to talk about was the new Spider-Man Mile, Miles Morales game. Um, that's so there was a lot of confusion when it first got announced because the way that they described it initially was a uh, uh, like a jump off of um, like the la- that the Spider-Man PS4 game that came out two years ago. They they said that it was like a so the next adventure, what they called it, basically, um, was an ex- the first the first thing that they said was an expansion and an enhancement of the previous game. So that got people thinking like, so is this like, like a DLC type of thing? Right. So that's what people were like, is this just like a like bigger DLC? Like, mm-hmm. and um, then they had to like correct themselves a little bit, and they said that's the next adventure in the Marvel Spider-Man universe. So it's. So it's moving forward. It's moving forward, and it's still going to be a full game. Just what they meant by that was that it wasn't going to be at the same scale um, in terms of like bad guys and stuff. It's going to be a more contained like storyline. You'll still okay. get like the whole like city, but yeah. it will be the story will be contained to more of like a character development thing rather than like oh he's fighting six people. You know, mm-hmm. it's more of like going to be centered around like the story. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and that's going to come out, um, that's going to come out early next year. Um, but, or, late this year. It looks like, yeah, quarter so four. So it's still set in like the same city that the, what is it, the first Spider-Man game that you were talking about? Was that Spider-Man 4 that came out? No, it's, so it's Spider-Man PS4. So it's just, PS4, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, so it's its own universe. Mm-hmm. Um, separate from like the movies and all that stuff um and it was fantastic I st- I, i'm still playing it I'm, i just actually bought the dlc for it that came out like months ago yeah. um but i'm 
doing those now and still so much fun like it's so much fun to swing around in that game it's so much fun and it looks beautiful and you get so many different suits i could go on for hours it's a great game okay yeah we'll leave it at that <laughs> so you're gonna and now that they're bringing miles morales into this is um really great because he was brought in as a side character for the first one and they like led into the fact that he like gets his spider-man powers and all that stuff the, towards the end of the game spoiler mm-hmm. alert for a game that came out two years ago um I dare you. yeah <laughs> but so it's it's really cool that they're gonna make him like the the main the main guy mm. um but yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i thought that was kind of interesting like way that they were like kind of talking about it mm. um and i think it'll be i think it'll be really fun and i'm excited for it cool sounds good to me man so i think the next thing on our list is our movie recommendations yeah given that nobody's allowed to leave their house <laughs> so yeah Let's go. It looks like you started with your HBO Go movies. Yeah, I was just I just organized them uh, before, but we can jump around. I'll probably start with actually my ten. Like I'll go ten to one instead of one to ten. Um, sure, switch it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> my number ten that I started out with is on Amazon Prime. It's Twelve Angry Men. Nineteen fifty-seven. This movie came out. Wow. Black and white. Um, old movie old movie but it's it's one of my favorite movies like ever it was it's it's a play um it's great as a play too it all takes place like in one room um so basically the the main synopsis is that there's 12 jurors Mm -hmm. and they're on a murder case they go into their the they go to um like vote on whether they not they think the person is guilty and all that stuff and uh it has to be unanimous and there's one juror that stands up and says i think i have some doubt that this happened only one out of the 12 okay and the whole movie is based on him explaining like different ideas and them arguing about whether or not like that makes sense or whether that could happen and they act out like the different steps that it took for that witness or like like if the witness could actually see that happen or if they can mm-hmm. actually hear that and like um, so it's it takes like our justice system and like stuff that in movies and stuff happens like so quick and we don't even see it to like making a whole movie just like blew up that one yeah. behind the scenes moment and made a yeah. whole thing out of it. And it that is super cool. I have heard about that movie a lot yeah. and I had no idea that that's what it is. Yeah. But now I probably will actually go watch that. It is it is great and it it still holds up. There's still a lot of like old like you still can tell it's made like 60 years ago um but i think for what it does um in in that time it it's really really good and i think everybody should watch it so that's that's my first that's my first recommendation well wow and what a way to start um (laughs) so i did not order these in like uh, best to worst. Yeah, it doesn't have. To, yeah, it doesn't uh, have to be. It can be wherever you want it. My number ten is X McKenna on Netflix, and it's a super trippy sci-fi movie about an artificial intelligence. This guy gets brought in to build an AI mm-hmm. and interact with it, and the whole movie you're just kind of wondering like who exactly is pulling the strings here. 
Yeah. And I can't really say much more without giving it away. Right. <laughs> but it is it is a great movie. Yeah. I know I keep seeing on there and there's uh there's a podcast that I listen to that they mention it a lot, like in passing when they're talking about uh other movies and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, everybody should watch X Ex Machina and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh I just keep not watching it just because I'm being an idiot. But oh, like yeah, I know are. it's a great movie, I just haven't been able to I, I don't, just even, I don't think it's it. even that long. No, I've, yeah, it's pretty short, isn't it? It's yeah, like probably yeah. like, it's a, it's got a, like a Westworldy vibe, right, to it, as far as AI goes. Cool. So yeah, that's my number ten. Nice. Yeah, that's it's on Netflix. I know. I gotta watch. I gotta watch it. Um, so I'm moving on to my number nine is Honey Boy. So for those of you who do not know what that is, um, it's last year's movie. It was, uh, written by Shia LaBeouf. Hmm. Um, okay. And it is a kind of it's it's mostly autobiographical about his experience growing up as a child star and his relationship with his dad, who was abusive in his own way. Um, but he plays his dad in the movie, <laughs> and it's like a very okay. like. And he wrote the movie while he was, I think, in rehab. Um, he wrote it, so and it was part of like the way that he coped with all the shit that like kind of made him go crazy um and or make him feel crazy and make him get to the point where he needed like rehab or um needed to go get institutionalized and all that stuff so i've always thought that he is just such an out there dude yeah and i did not realize that he had an autobiography so i'm like for sure gonna check that out yeah it's it's a pretty good movie it like isn't anything like crazy fast moving or anything but when you look at it and you go oh shit this is about like him him. and you're like you're sitting there you're like huh like because he he's come out and talked about how his because his dad was his manager for a while which is never a good thing to do and you see how his dad kind of like took advantage of him um not necessarily with the worst intentions but the way that he views his dad is very interesting and the way that he acts as his dad portrays it like not so much a villain but just a complicated like human being who doesn't understand like the world that he's bringing his son into and all this stuff i imagine there is a lot of depth in that yeah. movie and it's Lots really it's there. really cool to watch and i think a lot of like and the kid um that plays uh like that plays shia's self as a kid mm-hmm. uh he does a great job Noah Jupe um so it's definitely worth like if you're ever like in that mood to kind of like see that kind of play out mm-hmm. um it's definitely worth the watch I I thought it was awesome and especially knowing like the backstory of it it definitely mm-hmm. made it like that more intriguing cool cool sounds good man uh so that leaves me with my number nine which is airplane on netflix so the exact fucking opposite (laughs) is this old british comedy uh very similar to monty python it's super dry and super (laughs) like it's rated r for sure yeah and um it's a very different speed than a lot of the comedies I'm used to nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dry, clever jokes one after mm-hmm. another and like no breaks, um, no nothing. acknowledgement yeah. that there's even a joke. 
it just it just leaves you with uh, the inherent humor in it, and it's it's refreshing, honestly. Oh, and it's it, so funny. It's really funny, even given how old it is. Like it 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 aged really well. Oh yeah, it's it, still it was so like funny. A, a parody of a lot of the different <laughs> types of movies yeah. that came out at the time. So yeah, definitely definitely check that out. Yeah, and um, that has one of my favorite running gags. Actually, two of my favorite running gags. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a has his co-pilot <laughs> and this little kid that keeps saying like you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he's like no I'm not like kind of thing and it's like that dynamic and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar does a great job like mm-hmm. portraying that like no kid like I'm not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah, like <laughs> come on bro get off yeah, my case. yeah and that just to me it, it cracks me up and then when he grabs the kid he's like listen I swear to God like kind of thing <laughs> like just makes me laugh uh, and then there's the other one where the pilot's like you ever seen a you ever seen a man naked, Jimmy? <laughs> and it just like comes out of nowhere, and then immediately cuts to the next thing, and you're like, "What?" No explanation. Yeah, you're right. You ever been in a Turkish bathhouse, Jimmy? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? That man has seen some shit. Yeah. So yeah, I I second that movie because that oh that movie is so funny. Mm. Uh, so moving on to my number eight, I have Booksmart. Um, so if you've never if you've never heard of that, that also came out in 2019. Um. So the synopsis, I'll just read what's off IMDb. It's a comedy. Um, It's really, really good. So it says, on the eve of their high school graduation, um, two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more, uh, determined not to fall short of their peers. The girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. So basically the girls, they focused on school the entire time, um, and they, uh, they realized they never went to a party. Like, like the entire time, like so, damn, you're like we suck. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's such a funny movie, and the two girls in it are so funny. Uh, Caitlin Dever and Beanie F- uh, Feldstein um, are hilarious, and you've got uh, people in there like Jason Sudeikis, uh, Lisa Kudrow, uh, Will Forte um, that just help like round out this really funny story. Um, it's directed by Olivia Wilde. Um, and it's just it's so funny and it's really good and it's just like a good-hearted movie that you can just sit through and like watch and laugh and it doesn't like yeah, it's like a feel good yeah right and it's just a, the acting's great in it and it's re- it's just goofy and it's really funny and it reminds like a lot of people I think of themselves because mm. there's not that many people that literally spend all four years of high school just partying and partying it's usually like at the end where you realize mm. like oh I wasn't actually gonna get in trouble if I did that or I wasn't actually gonna like fail if I did that speak for yourself Harry I was an animal <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I think it has a really like good message to it in terms of like not taking yourself so seriously it's not so much about like looking at it and going oh, I should have partied more it's just it, it kind of comes away with that last like that just message like of like fun like yeah. real human experience like enjoy and, your life because like school lasts but at the end of the day, like you still get a degree, like you still do that, like whatever you choose to do, that yeah. still can happen if you don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. So, I think that you know, don't drop out, but like right, right. have a good time. <laughs> yeah, you can still enjoy yourself and still be successful. Yeah. So, I it just it cracked me up while I was watching, and I think, and if it, if there's any time for a feel good movie, it's now. So. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So. Again, I'm going to take it in a very different direction. <laughs> and my number eight is Nightcrawler, which, I mean, technically, it's on Amazon Prime. You have to pay $3.99 for it. But it's such a good movie, I think it's worth the $4. Mm. 
Um, it's Jake Gyllenhaal playing this creepy ass dude who uh, ends up out of a job and starts reporting on like the nightlife of LA, like uh, like crime scene reporting and kind of like ambulance chasing. Yeah. And this creepy ass manipulative dude just like works his way up like that industry. And I'm not gonna say too much more, but just know that Jake Chillenhall plays that character extremely well. It's <laughs> super uncomfortable and a really just overall uh, solid movie. Yeah, I still have to I still have to watch that. God damn um, it, Barry. I know, I know. And you kept, you've been telling me to watch it for like, I don't know, two years now. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know, and I feel bad because I I know it's good. I mean, I haven't seen any of South Park, so I can't really say too much on that. <laughs> That's fair. And can I say that Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, like cameo and the John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch thing Fantastic. is probably some of the funniest <laughs> shit. Like, it just I, it, that was probably the funniest part of the whole thing mm-hmm. was him coming in and just like taking over and being like the funniest part because he just he just like ju- it just seemed like he like jumped in and just like like did it became yeah it's yeah. so funny if you if you get the chance to like sit down and watch uh john mulaney and the sack lunch bunch it's like a tv special that's like four kids in quotations but not four kids in quotations again it's <laughs> like it's four adults right there's some weird shit in there yeah but it's it's uh it's it's an interesting watch and if you like john mulaney you're gonna like that and it's got a lot of that like dry sense of humor um, yeah, I actually, still don't really get it yeah. that much, I want to be honest, but I'm putting that, I'm taking the blame for that. Yeah. I feel like he, he knows what's going on, and right. I'm just too dumb to understand it. It could be, it could be. But it or maybe it's not supposed to like really like make a lot of sense, and you're supposed to get out what you're supposed maybe to Maybe it out. is just a fever dream on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. But yeah, so his cameo in that is fantastic, and mm-hmm. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is just, he's fan, he's just phenomenal in whatever mm-hmm. he's in. He's just great. Yep. He's going to be one of our, like, people that we look back on and say he's one of the greats for sure him and ryan gosling is like on a renaissance right now like he was like a heartthrob and then mm-hmm. now he's just for like right yeah he's <laughs> a handsome dude if i'm going gay for anybody it's him um, oh, yeah, nothing but the, nothing but the best <laughs> um but uh like him and blade runner 2049 he was fantastic um mm-hmm. like he, in la la land he was oh fantastic. he was in uh the big short too. Big short, fantastic. Yeah. Like so, it, he's he's one of those guys too that like I feel like doesn't get enough like credit for being more than just like. He's not just like the typecast, uh, right? Rom-com. Like pretty guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not just the pretty guy. You know, he's a he's a serious actor. Yeah, he really is. He's really good. Mm. He's got some of the best like uh, comedic timing of non comedian actors. Interesting. I, Interesting. Yeah, whenever you like, if you watch The Big Short, just the way he like delivers things, it's, it is funny. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think he's got that like gift where some people like it falls flat sometimes, but he's just like really good. Like he does it so confidently. Mm-hmm. It's just it's good, good, good actor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with my next movie with number seven, mm-hmm. I have Snowpiercer. Um. Mm-hmm. Not the TV show. The movie. What a fucking movie that was. Yeah. So that is uh, Bong Joon-ho, who also did uh, the Academy Award winning movie Parasite. which yep, I think which was on both of our lists. Yeah, I took it off my list so that we could talk about more movies. Um, yeah. But We're just trying to push as much content yeah. as we can. <laughs> um, so Snowpiercer came out in 2013. Just great movie. 
It's got some big names in it like Chris Evans, Ed Harris, John Hurt, uh, Tilda Swinton, J.B. Bell, Octavia Spencer, like some like big names mm. for a movie that didn't really get that much attention. Uh, no, not at all. So I think it, it, it got a lot of like uh, like award attention, but for the same like, thing that like happened to Parasite, Parasite didn't get a lot of like mainstream attention until it was mentioned like at the Academy Awards, which is kind of what happened with uh, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Snowpiercer. But it's on Netflix, um, and if you if you want to watch a, a cool sci-fi movie, it's so it's based in all of it's in a train. Um, basically, the premise is that the whole world is like uh, like you can't walk outside, um, and there's Cold as yeah, it's out just there. yeah, everything is just frozen. You can't walk outside without freezing to death. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it was a, from a failed climate change experiment that killed all life um, except for the people that are on the Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. which is a train that travels around the world um, and never stops. Yep. So, and you have like different, uh, right? The different cars represent different like classes. Yeah. And it goes through the whole thing. Yeah. So it's 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 a really good really good movie. Um, it's not low budget, but it's limited budget, I should say, because it's not a two hundred million dollar movie. It's it was. Let me actually see. I can check how it's much not, it was. It's not cheap, but it's not no. necessarily like a polished. Right. So the budget was just under forty million, which okay. is that's which like is, you know more than I'll ever make. Right. But still, <laughs> but it also uh, it was it only made it only made eighty six million. So it made back yeah it made back its budget and probably the like marketing. So the way that like budget works, so you have your budget, mm-hmm. which say it's forty million, you pretty much double that for the marketing. But they don't put that in towards the budget because it's not technically making of the movie. It's part of the marketing. Um, but yeah, it also makes yeah. the numbers look better when they look at how much they made. Based on the budget. Right. The budget is like a unit of measurement. For yes. Like movie success. Right. But not all-encompassing for how much it costs. Exactly. Very misleading. Yes. Finances like to be that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that I watched that with a high school girlfriend and I did yeah. not know what it was. And that was a fucking mistake. They do some <laughs> gross shit in that movie, and yeah. I was not prepared to explain myself afterwards. <laughs> so go in there. You've been warned. Just be careful. Yeah, it's it's movie. it's not it's a rough movie, and not rough as in it's bad. Just rough as in it's like gritty. You're gonna cringe. You're yeah. gonna pull back a little bit in some scenes. Right. It's not like it's not hundred. like a Saw movie. Right. But it's not Sesame Street either. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Somewhere on that yeah. spectrum. Healthy like, middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Close to the song. Anyway. But yeah, and the TV show isn't nearly as good, so don't bother watching that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. after that, we've got my number seven, which is uh, Joker on HBO Go. And it came out a little while ago. A very, very interesting take on mm-hmm. the Joker character. A much more realistic, modern day approach to it. Yeah, and I think that it was very cool to examine what that character would be like in a more realistic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot slower. It's not really a, an action movie, so to speak. It's more of like a, I wouldn't even call it a thriller, really. It's just like a drama. Yeah, and uh, really, really well done. Yeah, Joaquin it's, Phoenix. Yeah, and 
played that shit very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there's been a lot of like criticism over like glorifying like white violence and white guys being like violent and all that stuff, and then glorifying like mental illness, mental illness and violence mm-hmm. based in mental illness and all that stuff. And it's and I feel like that's just taking away from like. I do not think this is a glorification. No, I didn't feel that way. Either. I do not want to be Joaquin Phoenix. No. No. So and like a lot of people were saying, oh, it's just giving like these people like more like saying, oh, I'm just going to be just like the Joker. And it's like people could have said that before. If anything, it gives you more of a sense of sympathy and compassion for people that suffer from mental illness. Right. You know, you you have these atrocities that happen and a lot of people just throw their hands up and think like how the fuck could anybody ever do that right well watch this movie right you know it might give you a little bit more insight into what goes on in their heads yeah um not that any of it should be condoned in any way whatsoever right but these things happen and they need to be talked about one way or another yeah i agree so (laughs) and then i'm gonna go the total opposite direction with a musical that. All right. <laughs> so I got Hamilton. I actually, so I know, I know the play came out like three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, whatever it was. But I just watched the actual musical, like the filming, like they filmed the musical, put it on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. um, with the original cast from the first run of the play, and uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, like I'm not a big play guy. Uh, or I should say I'm not a big musical guy um, but the music uh, the music in this musical is really cool it make, mixes like modern like hip hop rap styles um, with like the 1700s like setting and the style and they have like rap battles and it like Whoa. sounds weird when I like bring it out of context but in context it, context, it makes sense and it feels smooth and uh I think it's really cool that they were able to do that really successfully. And I should say uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda when I say they, because Mm -hmm. he's like the architect of it. Um, But it's really good. Um, It's Although it's super long, it's two hours and 40 minutes. But there's an intermission. I split it in half. As soon as the intermission came, uh, I stopped watching it, and then I watched it like the next morning. and the first half is feels longer than the second half um but the music is awesome it's all music like there's not really any like dialogue dialogue okay it's all like there's always music going on and it all like all like the the speech is either rapped or sung it's really cool sweet and yeah that is not what i would have thought uh i judged that shit hard yeah, on yeah. its name alone, right? And uh, I was wrong. I thought it was just gonna be like a cheesy, like throwaway yeah, musical yeah. kind of thing, but uh, did not know they were rapping, and <laughs> doing all that wacky stuff. And it's insane because it sounds awesome. Like it's it's really cool. Like it's one of those things where you're like, you're like watching, and you're like, I can't tell if this is awful or insanely <laughs> cool. And then like you get to a certain point where it just like it naturally is like you're used to like what it's doing you're like this is just so good that you really summed up oh hello yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and community correct just like that that weird out there but yeah once you get over the hump it's right 
great. Because the first song just like is like intense. It's in your face, and then you're like, oh, this is how the whole thing is gonna be. Mm. And it's like that's what it is. It's all song. It's all like these characters. And what's really cool too is they didn't typecast. So you have like people of color playing like these old white guys, and it's really cool to have like the performance be the reason that these characters are awesome, not because they look identical to them. So it's really nice that it's it's all just performance based and talent based and it's like it feels like everybody's there and like wants to be there and enjoying it it's not just because they looked like hamilton or like they looked like thomas jefferson or they looked like george washington yeah like a like a merit-based yeah uh, casting it's just yeah it's all talent based and like it's really cool it's really cool awesome i'll definitely give that a give that a look um moving on from there we've got Ford versus Ferrari on HBO Go. Was it directed by Christopher Nolan? No. It was not. Okay. Still. Um, beautiful movie. Uh, Christian Bale and... Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Those two guys uh, just you know, monumental actors. And they really did a good fucking job for this movie. Uh, it's long... It's got a couple of like really fast-paced scenes, but everything going on during the movie is like very interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, just behind-the-scenes look at like two car companies that you wouldn't really think much goes into it, but <laughs> a lot went into it. Yeah, uh, there was some shit going down, and yeah, just really cinematic, just an experience. Really, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Highly yeah. recommend. Yeah, I have to. I have to watch that. It's on HBO. Uh, and I, I've been staring at it. That and uh, Midway is on there too, and I gotta watch those. Mm-hmm. But Ford versus Ferrari, like the reviews were pretty solid for it, and I mm-hmm. should have watched it already. But I haven't. Yeah, well, <laughs> mistakes, um, so my next pick is, uh, is on Netflix, and it's Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the coolest looking animated movies I've ever seen. It's like comic booky, but not like. It, it works mm. the way that they did it is super is super interesting um and if you haven't seen it already definitely go watch it if you're a fan of spider-man or even if you're just a fan of like animated movies because you can appreciate the the style of it and uh like just the the way that they animate everything the the cinematography for it the way the scenes play out is very like very cool and interesting and they're beautiful set pieces and all that stuff um the voice acting is great there's a lot of there's a lot of cool names um, attached to it, um, like Jake Johnson. He's he plays uh, Nick and New Girl. Um, you have Mahershala, <laughs> Mahershala Ali. Uh, he plays Uncle Aaron to uh, Miles Morales. Um, you have Zoe Kravitz. John Mulaney's in it. Uh, John Mulaney is in into the Spider Verse. Yeah, he plays Spider Ham, like the little spider pig. Oh fucking yes it's great Nicholas Cage is in it uh Leif Schreiber uh Chris Pine like there's just there's a lot of yeah that is a loaded in a weird way yeah like Nick Cage and John Mulaney should not be in the same room together let alone <laughs> yeah. feature film so yeah alright yeah so, so that's my pick yeah good shit Perry Netflix um my next recommendation is Free Solo on mm-hmm. Hulu. If you don't know anything about rock climbing, let me tell you, uh, this dude, Alex Honnold, is just 
at like the pinnacle Insane. of rock climbing. Yeah, he's he's the Michael Phelps of climbing up rocks. The Michael Jordan, the LeBron James, etc. etc. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he this dude went to El Capitan, which is one of like the most famous rock faces in North America, and he climbed that shit with like shoes and a bag of chalk Ugh. and like no ropes, no nothing. It's making and, my uh, stomach flip just thinking about it. Yeah, well, you should watch a two-hour documentary then. I and did. <laughs> that was one of the first things I watched on Disney Plus. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh my mm. god, I couldn't stop like watching. Yeah. Yeah, the dude's wild. Um, I've been following him a little bit before that because he got famous for free soloing, and then just out of nowhere, he had just climbed El Capitan. And yeah, and it goes through like the people around him and how they feel about him like risking his life mm-hmm. and like the film crew and trying not to get in his way. Yeah, just really like a, a stunning experience. So yeah, give that a give that a look if you want to get real sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that. It's it's a really cool watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my number four, uh, I'm going with Inglorious Bastards. Uh, a classic so great so great such a great movie it's it's probably my favorite uh quentin tarantino movie mm. i just love the like world war ii setting that he came up with and like these characters they're just awesome i mean like brad pitt and then christoph christoph waltz playing like uh hans landa he is fantastic so goddamn creepy oh it's so, so good creepy. it's so good and you got like eli roth uh michael fassbender Diane Kruger, uh, like you just got you got BJ Novak. <laughs> you just, yeah, just, yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah, it's such like a fun, like, uh, f- fake history mm-hmm. that I just I love it. It's so like over the top, like gory, like it. I love it, and I think if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen it, then you gotta go watch it. But it's definitely definitely one it's of those like a, Tarantino like a once upon a time vibe but in world war ii and they're like murdering people yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're so basically it follows like a um it, it there's a group of jewish jewish u.s soldiers try saying that three times fast jewish u.s soldiers Whew. um <laughs> That's a twister. yeah and it's like a um like a group of those soldiers that get Put together um to go defeat the nazis or like go uh like hunt down certain nazi leaders mm-hmm. they're like a like secret group and um that's kind of like their mission is to take down like captains and the higher yeah. up levels so that they can like take down the nazi party and stuff it is um, fun to watch yeah it's a great movie and it's there's a lot of nazi killing which everybody everybody loves yep, yep. <laughs> so hard uh, to say bad things about that yeah <laughs> so uh yeah definitely go watch it if you haven't watched it. it's a longer movie but it's definitely worth the watch it's it doesn't it doesn't bore you at all hmm. and on top of not boring movies we've got parasite coming in at number four on my list mm-hmm. parasite is not in english there are subtitles and yeah. i don't fucking care it's <laughs> so good it like it's good because it's just weird yeah. like it's really really weird like at some points i think i thought the movie was over but then yeah. it just took a w- crazy turn yeah and I actually, I don't even know how to describe it, really, except that I walked away very glad that I had gone to see it. Yeah. Very confused, but in a good, <laughs> happy way. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. won Best Picture, so, like, it, that's mm. 
It deserved it. It, it great movie. It was like creepy and yeah. silly and sad and just the it, whole like, everything <laughs> rainbow of shit. Like it was yeah. impressive how he fit all that stuff into one movie. Yeah. Yep, that about sums it up. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's not yeah there's not a lot of like to say about it besides go watch it because it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I mean, it won Best Picture, so there's got to be some merit to that, you know. It is a roller coaster, so strap yourself in. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> number three on my list <laughs> um, is probably the stupidest movie um, in any either of our lists and that ever exists. Um, it's called Team America: World Police. Mm. <laughs> what do I say about this movie? Um, it's made by the creators of South Park, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. Um, it's all puppets. Wasn't it just like the shittiest looking movie they could find and like <laughs> criticizing 9-11, I think? Um, y- y- kind of. So it's not so much criticizing 9-11. It's, 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 not, it's not criticizing... What it's criticizing mostly is like inherent uh inherit like expectation of freedom and that like like in what it means to actually be patriotic and like kind of taking mm. that aspect of like what it means to actually be an american in that sense um and it doesn't get like that like in your face about it but um it makes fun of like how the u.s kind of feels like they go in and destroy things and then leave and say you're welcome (laughs) like they stop a terrorist attack but they knock down the eiffel tower and then Uh, they leave and go like you're welcome so it's kind of like that like over dramatized version of like america like moving into like uh and occupying a country or something blowing shit up and being like we're helping you so it's kind of like a kind like of like a social commentary. Yeah, thing. just like they they usually do, and they make fun of everybody because they make fun of the over, uh, like they make fun of that side of it as well as making fun of the side that is totally against war, mm-hmm. but then slowly turns militant because they're so against war, <laughs> and they're trying to fight the people that are really for the war, and like so it's it's yeah. got like that funny dynamic where they're making fun of both sides again, gotcha. um, which is what they're great at doing. Um, so, like I said, it's a stupid movie. Um, so stupid. But it's so fucking funny. It just... <laughs> if you like South Park, it just, it'll just make you laugh throughout. Um, there's some of the funniest jokes. And what's funny, too, is that they did the puppets thinking that it was going to look stupid while they were doing it. And they thought that would be really funny. Mm-hmm. But when the puppeteers got there, they the puppeteers were so talented with those puppets that they, they looked realistic. Like, the way the face moved, because they, mm-hmm. they had, like, three people working one puppet. Mm-hmm. So they would move really well. Like, they could move the arms. They could, like, do everything very smoothly, and it looked human. And they were like, this is going to freak people out. Mm-hmm. So they actually told the puppeteers to act like they didn't actually know what to do, mm-hmm. like, with the puppet. So that's why, like, when you watch it, you can see, like, the puppet strings. They don't move, like, normal. They, like, kind of jiggle around. And, like, yeah. when there's, like, a fight. Harry's, Harry's doing some weird shit in that show. Yeah, I was jiggling my arms around. <laughs> uh, but it just looks bad because they wanted it to look bad. Uh, so that's, like, a... <laughs> that's, like, a... It came out in 2004. It's really funny. If you like South Park, you're going to like it. Uh, just check it out if you're interested in that. Sweet. And... Uh, going from there, I'm down to my number three, which is The Quiet Place on mm-hmm. Hulu. I do not fuck with scary movies. Um, and let me tell you, like, The Quiet Place was just excellent. 
I was scared, mm. and I, I don't enjoy being scared during <laughs> scary movies. I think we've been yeah. over this before with, uh, what was it, Brightburn? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. but I'm not... A, anyway, um, <laughs> a lot of scary movies, in my opinion, seem to be like very cheap or like not yeah. not really that creative, a lot of like right, jump right. scares, and maybe I'm just not that good at uh, picking stuff out that's good about them, but <laughs> A Quiet Place was just a really interesting movie. It was yeah. a very unique premise among a genre that seems to recycle things very often. Sure. Um, these monsters can hear every sound that you make, so to live in this post-apocalyptic world, you have to be dead quiet. Mm -hmm. And all of the things that come along uh, with that. Mm -hmm. and it's John Krasinski from The Office. It was really cool to see him in a different role than just playing Jim from The Office. Yeah. And yeah, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not into horror movies, still, definitely worth a watch. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know why I haven't seen it. Actually, some a lot of the scenes took place where you and I went to college. So, well, um, shout out to New Paltz, New York. Yeah, <laughs> yep, the hippie central. Uh, mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's like right next to Woodstock. For those of you who are curious, and that's really all we have to say yep. about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that yeah, definitely go watch that because that's that's a cool, it's a cool premise. I gotta watch it because I'm. I'm slacking in that department. Um, yeah, you definitely should. After... Yeah, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. It looked like the... Uh, Looked like the, my computer froze. Um, so we're just going to get back into it uh, with my number two, which mm -hmm. is uh, Black Klansman. Came out in 2018. It is funny. It is dramatic. It is great. It's a Spike Lee. It is, he calls his movies joints, so it's a Spike Lee joint. Um, basically, the premise is Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado Springs, Colorado, successfully, successfully manages to infiltrate the local clue. Ku Klux Klan branch with the help of a Jewish. Ju oh my gosh. Yep, take a minute. Yep, yep. <laughs> Refigure re mm -hmm. re that out. All right. <laughs> so, Ron Stallworth, an African American police officer from Colorado. Oh my god. Boy. All right. Um, so. <laughs> do you want to pause it so you can answer your, uh, your phone? Oh, Mark with a saving grace. <laughs> all right. So take two on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So... <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna mess up just because it's like the all right. So not, yeah. So basically, there's a guy Ron Stallworth. He is a police officer. He's African American police officer from Colorado Springs. Um, he infiltrates the KKK branch, uh, the local one in the area, um, with the help of a Jewish police officer, um, who plays the actual character. So the way it works is that Ron Stallworth acts like he calls the kkk like branch leader mm -hmm. and he starts talking to him 
well now he can't show up to a meeting to infiltrate the branch as a black guy so because they'll probably be able to tell right (laughs) so the uh uh adam driver plays like the surrogate um which he his name is Flip Zimmerman, but John David Washington plays Ron Stallworth. He's fantastic. He's also in the the show Ballers, and he's actually the lead in Tenet, oh, the cool. new yeah Christopher okay. Nolan movie. So, um, he's he's awesome in this. Uh, Alec Baldwin's in it. Um, you, it's it's just a great it's a great movie, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of fun watching it. It's one of those movies that you just like sit back and you laugh because it's based on a true story. So like this actually happened. Yeah, so it's just fucking absurd. It's just so funny. Yeah. And they like overdramatize a few things and stuff, but it's still based in reality because it actually happened. Like this guy, like there was an African American police officer that literally infiltrated the KKK mm. with the help of a white like fellow white officer. I think officer. that man's name was Dave Chappelle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so it's a great movie. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have the greatest ratings on uh, IMDb, but I think everybody's fantastic in it. John David Washington is really like he's really confident, like really like smooth. It's just it's mm. he's he plays a great character, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and Adam Driver is really funny in it too. So it cool. it yeah, it's a good it's a good combo, and it it's a lot of fun. So and that's on uh, HBO. All right. HBO, a lot of good stuff on there these days. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My next recommendation is a classic, The Dark Knight, and it oh, is yeah. on Hulu. Just, god damn, what a good movie. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, just like the story, like the character of the Joker, just as a man that simply wants to watch the world burn, is fascinating to me to begin with. Mm-hmm. and it's it's dark it's gritty it's clever and smart and like fantastic performances i mean mm-hmm. Heath Ledger is the joker I, I i'm sure all of our yeah, listeners yeah. already know uh, <laughs> he is just amazing yeah and i really just can't say enough good things about it so i will leave it at that and go check it out yeah i'm and there's like nothing that hasn't already like been said about it over the exactly. last like 13 years or whatever i think it came out to, to 2007 All right, so <laughs> we apologize if this sounds a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, Perry just just couldn't keep it together, and it's all his fault <laughs> that his computer just right. froze. It's so, a yeah, it's a ten year old or that's yeah, uh, eight eight years old. It's an eight year old computer, and it's it's not the best thing in the world. So <laughs> apparently, couldn't handle Adobe Audition. So now we're recording on my phone. Mm-hmm. But yep. so we're. <laughs> I'll try to mix it as best You're as possible. You're delivering this goddamn content, no matter how. <laughs> no matter, you know what? You know what? Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we've only literally got like four minutes left of this shit. Um, so for my number one pick, we got the nice guys. Um, this is uh, one of the most underrated movies, I think, that is available. And uh, it's just so funny. And it's clever, it's easy, like, it's there's nothing, like, 
it's just a smooth, crisp, funny movie. Um, basically what it is, it's set in the 1970s Los Angeles. Um, it says, a mismatched pair of private eyes investigate a missing girl and the mysterious death of a porn star. And it's... Mm. <laughs> it's Yeah. Intriguing. And it's got Russell Crowe uh, and Ryan Gosling as, like, the two detectives. Mm. And they are so funny. They've got a weird chemistry that, like, you're not expecting. And this is one of those roles where I say Ryan Gosling is just, like, he's just good. He's yeah. just a great part for him. And, like, this is where you'll see a lot of his, like, really good comedic timing and all that shit. So, it I everybody that I've told to watch it has loved it. So Awesome. I, if you get the chance to, if you have HBO Go, that should be, like, your first watch. Because it's easy to watch. There, You don't have to, like sit there and stare at it like it's easy to watch with like somebody else or if you're watching it with a couple whatever whatever you want to do great movie definitely check it out awesome solid review Perry. <laughs> uh i'm actually looking forward to go check checking that out i looked at it earlier when i saw it on your list yeah. and it looks pretty solid yeah so on that we leave where are we at uh number one my number one movie is shutter island on hulu Shutter Island has been a favorite of mine for a long time. Mm. I, I think it came out right around when Inception was released, and it's just a suspenseful, dark, kind of gritty th- psychological thriller, and it was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. I can't give away too much of the movie. Um, I find myself saying that a lot, but <laughs> uh, go into it blind and just see where it takes you. It's Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I believe. No, it's uh, no? Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. It's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> but still, uh, it's a great movie, and definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm going to second that, because that this is one of those movies that just... You can't... It's Martin Scorsese, so it's you know it's like just really good in general. Mm-hmm. Like, um, It's got a lot of uh, great people that are attached to it, like, ben, like we said, Leo, uh, mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, Ben Kingsley... Uh, Max von Sydow, um, Emily Mortimer, like there's just there's a lot of good names attached to it that don't overplay each other. They don't overpower each other. Um, they they complement each other very well. Yeah, it's, it's a great great movie. You you see Leonardo DiCaprio really start to like unravel during this movie, and yeah. at the end of it, it's gonna leave you thinking a lot. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so definitely, I yeah, second, go watch that. Um, it is on Hulu. Hulu, nice. Yep. Um, so with that, I just want to take one second to uh, plug my other things that I'm doing. Um, I have uh, a YouTube gaming thing that I put, like, basically I put a video out once a week or two. Um, it's something that, along with the podcast, I do when I can, because mm-hmm. um, it takes a long time, and um, like you have to film for an hour, and then you cut it down to less than 20 minutes, and it takes takes the time, so it's something right. I do for fun, but uh, it's Perry's Rant um, on YouTube. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, where I give like kind of updates to like what's going on with movies, uh, games, TV shows, comic books, whatever. Um, it's mostly the big stuff because, again, this is stuff I do on the side. So um, unless this becomes, like, an actual thing, um, those will just be, like, the main components. So um, 
but yeah if you want to support me on those you can um i'm sure at some point we'll get zach involved in like us playing a game or something where we can like commentate us yeah. playing an old game or something or playing a pc game and we can have some fun doing that yeah um for sure. but that's that's all dependent on us just getting the same support so just want to plug that as well um but with that i think that's the end of our episode four of zach and perry make a podcast so uh yeah keep on listening uh you can if you want us to review certain movies or take a look at stuff you can um, please please yeah. send in requests yeah. <laughs> let us know what you want to hear yeah you can uh send it to me on twitter uh just do the at perry's rant um and you'll and we'll take a look at it if it's something that we're interested in as well as you are then mm-hmm. we'll take a look so thank you guys for listening and i'm perry and i'm zach thank you guys for listening